We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. Oh, did we start the show? No. We didn't. Oh. I thought you was. I didn't know that was included. I didn't know either, but (laughs) we here. This is brunch culture. (laughs) (laughs) Brunch culture 2016, the second episode in the Sweet 16, as people are calling it. Oh, it is. It's, I, I had to hear somebody say that about it's Sweet 16. I don't know. Is that supposed to, is that like from one of those prosperity things again? Like, are we supposed to get like a pri- a party or something? Uh, I don't know. It's probably, I tell people it's going to be ups and downs in every year. Don't promise. <laughs> don't make me promise this. It's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be hills and valleys. I mean, mountaintops. There'll probably a, be more it's, valleys. It's a than, New Year's killer. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd rather set the tone with the truth. These people have gone to their church and their pre- their preacher told them that this is their sweet 16 year. They're going to get the party of their lifetime. And you remember your, your 16 year? That was the year that you can go on your first date and talk on the phone to boys. And so, Well, mine went and didn't come to 17. <laughs> See, that's your problem. <laughs> so I'm going to have a sweet 2017, I guess. I don't know. I just, I like to be prepared. I don't like to have my expectations too high. I like to just, you know, think, you know, I'm not a pessimist. I'm optimistic, but let me let me be wise in how high I set my expectations. Well, shout out to you for that. Shout out to the realists in the world. <laughs> Sometimes, but you know what? Honestly, overly optimistic people are good because some people really do need that. Some people don't have enough. I think you need a partner, but I think overly optimistic people need to have close friends that aren't so optimistic. (laughs) So somebody can give them the real. Because sometimes it just be too out there and it's just like, yeah. I mean, you got to dream big. I don't, I'm not a dream killer, but I think with dreams, there's a level of, I don't know. I've been around like super optimistic people that aren't, have no practicality to it. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, how are we going to get there? No, we going. And I'm just like, so I, what steps? I feel like you have a good balance, though. I say all, I say this all the time. You know I share this all the time. I feel like I'm, when it came to doing brunch culture, even when it comes to do, doing other stuff, I'm all, I'm in my mind. Sometimes I can exist in my head so much that I'm like, it's not good enough. I'm not ready. I can't put it out there. You know, I got to, I got to watch this, this again. I got to try this. I got to try this. And I feel like you're the person that's like, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to try. We're going to learn from it. If it flops, then we're going to, you know, do the research and figure out what we need to do right, but we'll get it done. And so I feel like you got a pretty good balance. I feel like I've definitely, one of the things I was actually sharing with my best friend the other day that I've learned in the since us working on starting brunch culture was I really have, have learned the importance of just doing it and getting out there and like starting it. And not being stuck in this whole preparation stage for so long, because sometimes you'll prepare so long that you won't even do it. Mm-hmm. You will, yeah. And I've, I, I have been falling victim to that 
mm-hmm. on numerous occasions of saying, I want to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm preparing, 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 and then something else comes up or something else happens and it doesn't happen. And it all really is kind of motivated by my fear of doing it. And I feel like you just be like, yo, I'm going to get it in and get it done. This is what it is. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to be more balanced. I need to learn how to plan uh, stuff and write stuff down in my calendar, um, which 2016, it's a new year. I'm Hopefully, it'll be a better me. Come on, new year, new you, right? Better. <laughs> Not new. <laughs> I'm trying to get better every day. I think that's the more, that's when the expectation is like, I want to be better, but I'm not going to shoot too high. <laughs> well, <laughs> getting into the squirrels, we've got to talk about this week. Um, oh, Sierra. So, yeah. Some people were saying that Sierra shot too high. And I feel like. I'm surprised anybody noticed her shoot at all. No shade to her, but I really, I was telling Renda this, and it's probably going to sound so shady, but I re- really mean this in the least shady manner. I really don't remember when, I, I just, I'm like, when did Sierra become a celebrity again? And this sounds so bad, but I just, it's like, like she's like an A-list celebrity. In, in the mind. So no, that... I, I think Sierra's. I, I, I don't have anything against her. I think she's awesome. But I'm just like seeing her on my news feed, and I'm just like, I she's not like, as far as musically, she doesn't really. Uh, did she act? I, I think know. she's done some some small acting, I think. Yeah, but I never really considered her like a A list celebrity. And like, they're making, like, her moves are really being put out there and I'm just like oh wow I didn't know like she was a celebrity again or well, that she was a celebrity well she was like Sierra had like a little a moment where she was like went to step yeah back yeah, in high she school was the it girl. she was the it girl for a little minute and then it kind of went it, off though. I mean she, she was kind of the it girl the whole when she first came out literally her first all the first songs she had was kind of like she was that girl for a minute. It was it was it was a little minute, and then she was kind of ex- existing and surviving out here. But as of late, you know, she has been kind of become one of those single girls. So her music ain't popping as much as it was. But like, you know, she's I guess I, I Future had said too before that you know she tried to do this whole put a relationship out there to get people. But one of the things I think Charlamagne had said that before that she, one of the things about Sierra is that she don't have. People don't really know her. She people don't feel connected to her. So she started to put like her life and relationship issues out there. And so, you know, now people wanna know what Sierra is doing. She's dating Russell Wilson and she's singing a national anthem. And, you know, people feel a certain way about the national anthem. You know, I'm always trying to I always I want the underdog to win. So I want Sierra to win. I want her to stop singing the national anthem. I never thought that was something that should be on her bill. I never, it's just not, you have to, no, no, you know, I respect her. She's an incredible, I really feel like, and people probably going to like drag me for saying this, but I really feel like Sierra is the only other person that's out, that's entertaining, that gives Beyonce a run for her money. Like, 
Sierra is an entertainer, not a singer, but an entertainer. Yeah, yeah like, she can really do yeah, it. Yeah, she, she can, can really, really dance. dance and put on a show. Like her whole the performance aspect of what she does is incredible. Like you can't you can't knock her for that. So she definitely, you know, she gives she gives a good show. National anthem, not necessarily what we're looking for. You know, I mean mm-hmm. she's not and again, I think she's great. She's good, but like you know, we're not really looking for you to sing Oh Say Can You See. <laughs> Maybe Oh Say Can You Dance, but that's about it. It's, we could. But, like, the, the people's going in on, a, on her vocals, which I didn't even hear all the way. I was, like, on the phone with somebody trying to listen to it. But it was also going on this dress because you can see, you know, you can see a little bit more than I think she probably even realized that you can see. See, I only saw a picture from the side view. I didn't see it from the front. Because from the side, I was like, what are people talking about? And then when I, and then like you said, the front was kind of open. And I kind of could see the opening on the side, but I wasn't able to see like, you know what I'm saying? The full. This well, it's, it's, the, it's that you can see like the print of her nipple. You oh, can okay. see, yeah, you can see that from the dress. That's what a lot of people. Well, I don't really even really understand. Honestly, you know how I feel about it. I feel like sometimes people just want to find something to comment on. And so some uh, people were saying like, oh, you know, she, should, she, she shouldn't have wore that. This is, uh, you're singing the national anthem. It's disrespectful. This is an award show. You shouldn't be showing off your body. What I really think happened to the, I really think she probably put on the dress, thought the dress looked really good and went out to go sing. It's all these lights. It's all these cameras. It's, it's you know, it's daylight. So when the camera goes from certain angles, you can kind of see the shadow that she probably in the back when she put the dress on and just like manufactured lighting didn't know that it was there. I feel like it ain't that. I thought it looked nice. I don't feel like it was that big of a deal. But, you know, you got a lot of people saying like, it's, it's the national anthem. You shouldn't be wearing that. This is a family show. This is a family time. Families watch football games together. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I really don't think like, I don't think that was something she planned for. That's one because I'm like, yo, chill out. I really don't think that she was trying to be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go sing the national anthem and I want to start a frenzy. So I'm just going to make sure they can see like the shade of my nipple. Come on, yo. I mean, you know, she got black nipples. That's what you know. Mm-hmm. Just keep moving. Speaking of things, people didn't plan for it. Uh, I don't think anybody planned for Bernie Sanders to take the lead over Hillary Clinton in the latest polls. Um, I when I saw that today, now I, I will say that if if I had to choose a Democratic candidate, I think I. It's so funny because I'm a Republican, but I do like Bernie Sanders. I don't understand how he captivated me, but I like Bernie. <laughs> I do. I feel the burn. It's funny that you say that because a lot of people, <laughs> I've heard a number of people say like, honestly, I don't even know why I coming at anybody that comes after President Barack Obama, image-wise, let's just talk image, right? Let's not talk policy. Let's talk image-wise. It's going to be hard. Here is a black dude that walks a little differently, got some swag to him, has this demeanor that's just kind of, you know, publicly is really, really cool. You know, you can expect he's a, he's a powerful person. So in the background, he probably gets it in with, you know, let, making making sure people get stuff done. But he has like a certain demeanor. His wife is extremely fashionable. He has these daughters that are beautiful girls, like, you know, really intelligent, have high big dreams. 
it really is like a complete good looking package, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea of some old white guy coming after that, just kind of in the way it looks in progression wise, and then, you know, the Obama administration appealed to the younger demographic pretty well. So image wise, that's just kind of hard to do. But I've heard a lot of people say, I don't know how, but Bernie Sanders has literally like kind of sucked me in. Um, And I think Bernie Sanders, I give this to Bernie Sanders all the time. I think that he really has this ability because he can be very radical in his position at times, you know, and very like passionate when he's saying stuff and that passion people buy into, whether you agree with everything that he says or not, you respect his passion and you believe in somebody that's passionate about what they do because you feel like, you know, whether he makes the right decision or the wrong decision, he's going to make a decision that he truly believes in and he's going to do everything in his power to execute that and make sure it comes through. So when he says things like, you know, we really need to take a different stance when it comes to our justice system and police brutality, whether he can actually do it, it's not really what people care about. People just know that I, he's so passionate about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. this dude really is, he's so passionate about it that I believe in it. It, it was, it's the same thing for me when it came to, like, 2008, uh, primaries with uh hillary clinton and president then senator obama like it was it was the same thing you had somebody that i honestly believed could have got it could definitely get in there and get the work done because of her history and then you have a person that is extremely passionate and like just kind of tugs on your heart when he speaks it's like well you know, uh, for a lot of people, that's what they need. Like, I need to know that you're passionate about this thing. I need to know that you really believe in it because for me, you know, whether you can do it enough and whether you have the track record to do it, that's not what's important. Whether I believe that you're capable of standing by this, that you believe in, that's what's truly important. So I feel like it's, I just think it's funny that you say that because I've heard that so many times. So feel the burn. I That's my dude. I mean, feel I'm... Feel the burn. I love it. That's his slogan. Oh, that's what no. Wait, that's one. People say that. I don't know if he know came up with that, but it was on CNN today. Feel the so, burn. So I think maybe somebody in the media gave that to him and it stuck. Yeah. But it's real corny, but it works. Feel yeah. The burn. I, like, I, I I just I like how passionate he is, and for me, because criminal justice is becoming something that I really want to see push criminal justice reform, and he has the passion for it. Um, the only other candidate I see in the Republican end that even really seems like they want to push is Paul Ryan. And I mean, not Paul Ryan, what's the Rand Paul. And you know, he doesn't have a shot at winning. He's not even going to be on the main stage for the next debate. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I, was watching, yo, I read this highlight. That was like, they're cutting four more. And I was like, dang man, y'all dropping like flies. <laughs> and he's mad. He's not even showing up to the next debate. Cause he's like, he's not a second tier candidate. And I'm just like, well, yeah, you kind of are because you're not, you're yeah. not in the, and I, so crazy on CNN day, they said it's sad that the Dem- um, the Republican candidates are competing for second place because, <laughs> because, uh, uh, Bush launched this like crazy corny campaign against Rubio. And it's just like, why are you going for Rubio when he's not even a leader? 
Like, why you why are you spending millions of dollars to attack somebody that's not even the leader in the polls? Like, why aren't your money, why aren't your dollars being spent against Donald Trump, which I guess they still refuse to take seriously, or Ted Cruz? At least, at least launch a campaign against Ted Cruz. How are you going to launch a campaign against Rubio when he's even not, he's not even a front runner? <laughs> like, he's, I think he's fourth. I think he's still behind Ben... I think Ben Carson is at least third and then Rubio. So, it's like, Jeb, you're going to pick the person right ahead of you? He's not even in second place to launch a million-dollar TV campaign against. Like, what? what is that? Talking about Rubio ain't show up for the Senate. Who the freak cares? He's not even polling, which Rubio is my guy, but he's not, he's not a front-runner right now. Ted Cruz and, and Donald Trump are. What are we doing? When the Republicans come marching in. Does that make any sense to you? Like, why would you why would you do that? That's stupid. Like, his super PAC did that. I'm like, these people, do they not watch the news? Or what is... We just wasting money. Well, I mean, y'all have it to waste, so I, I guess... I mean, yeah, why people are still giving Jeb money is beyond me. I guess they feel like that Bush name is going to pull him through. But to me... Like somebody said on CNN today, if um if a uh, President Bush comes off the ranch and gets on the campaign, maybe J- uh, Jeb will see a spike in the polls. No, he won't. Yeah, Jeb no. is a dead horse. Y'all keep beating. Yeah, no. Either maybe, y'all would have yeah. did better putting that money towards Rubio and giving him a solid campaign to get somebody young and fresh to even compete with the Democrats. Yeah, but I, I, I really thought Ted Cruz is saying. not definitely it. Yeah, I've been saying that from the beginning. I think the first time we start talking about when people start getting to the uh, saying that announcing that they were going to run for president, my first thought was the best person that you guys have before he even announced that he was running was Marco Rubio. He's young. And even if you guys are coming with concert, old, very conservative, very like old values you can market this man in a way that he's young, he's and a he, brown person. He's Hispanic. He's, yeah, he's young, he's a brown person. He can, you can get him to attach to the millennials, the conservative millennials, and say, you know, I got some homeboys that, like, don't got no job, and they, I'm still cool with them, so maybe I can grab some other people. But you can market this in the same package that... And he didn't come from money. O- Exactly. In the same package that President Obama was, and y'all, I'm I'm telling you, you guys would be, you really would give the Democratic Party a, something to compete with, but you, you guys aren't doing that. Like, they got that whole wait your turn mentality, and it's like, and, you're not going to win that way, because you're going to be waiting. And wait its turn. <laughs> <laughs> and the turn is not going to come. That's what it was like. Exactly. It's dumb. Put the money that you Absolutely. have in the super PAC behind, and it's so crazy. I was seeing a red heard something. I think I saw it on CNN the other day. They just some millionaire just put an adi- a huge wrote a huge check to Jab Super Pack. <laughs> what? Like why are y'all doing this? Like Old Jab is not going to cruise maybe, and he's not going to win against Bernie or Hillary unless people just really don't go out to vote. <laughs> but unless everybody stay home, though. and Donald Trump definitely, if he's a front runner, he's not gonna win. Yeah, um, it's not happening. So it's just like really, and you're and you're throwing shade at Rubio because yeah. he didn't come up to the Senate vote. And why is this money? What I don't understand is why am I on Facebook and I'm not seeing that many sponsor ads by candidates? Right. 
And I, well, I feel like that, well, I guess, you know, primary still is a time because you're getting the money. I was going to say, I feel like we'll see a lot of change in the so, in social media after the primaries because really, you know, these same people will start to have, you you have the, the, the your opponent yesterday will become your ally today because they're really, everybody's going to kind of unify. I feel like, especially within the Republican Party, I feel like one of the things that you guys have, one of the issues that you have is that, Everybody's trying to, it's like, you know, crabs in a bucket. Everybody's trying to pull each other down to get to the top. But once, you know, after the post, after the primaries, when a candidate is selected, then you can have people more unified. More people can say, hey, you know what? This is, here's the, what we're going to do now. Here's our candidate. We got to hit social media. One of the things that the Obama administration did to completely revolutionize this entire game was engage with people through social media. The freaking State of the Union address tonight will be aired on Snapchat. Like, you can go to Snapchat, snap it, and it'll play. The, it'll stream the entire thing tonight. You can't, there's no, you can't move away from that. So I feel like once you guys can kind of get all the clutter out and say, you know what, I got a candidate... Here's what we're going to do to move forward. And some somebody, hopefully somebody says, you know what? We have to use social media to, to push our story. If we don't use social media, it is absolutely positively not going to happen. And social media, unfortunately, is not Facebook. It's just not. It's it, it, Facebook is, it, is a part of it. But you can't just use Facebook. You can't just use Twitter. People are Snapchatting all the time. You have to be on sponsored on Instagram. Not only do you have to be on people's sponsor list, but you actually have to engage with people. You got to join some movements on social media. You got to start commenting on some people. You got to have a a, a a Twitter chat or so uh, uh, Instagram challenge. Like you really have to engage people in order for it to work. If you don't do it, trust me, the the Democratic Party will get you every time. And it goes. It's the same for the Democratic Party. We, I, I, I see more stuff for Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton than I do anyone else. Um, it could just be because I know a lot of uh, liberal people, but I don't know. You Bernie, know. Bernie but, Sanders is is really he's really done a lot with social media. Yeah, I can give it to him. And and it's that's the thing is like you get it, you understand the importance of meeting people where they are. That is how. The Obama administration has been so successful because they have grasped this idea. I have to meet people where they are, meet the voters where they are, where they are, and then move forward there. Yeah, because you, I mean, you would be foolish not to take their message. You might not agree with their message, but at least they've given you the blueprint to success. But yet Absolutely. you're still doing things that, and I guess TV, because most of the, the uh, old white people, <laughs> old white people watch TV. I get it. But if they're swayed by these, how, this is my thing. If you're going to have a, you're trying to make a younger message, but then target an older demographic using that medium, there's still, you're still, there's a disconnect. At least make your ad something that relates to an older generation and make ads, you know, specific to the audience. I mean, and I mean, I'm nobody, but I'm just like, I mean, we could, we could do better. Yeah, you might need to apply, tell them that, hey, look here, I can be your social media person. And if you just give me just a little bit, just a small cut for now, and I can prove to you what I can do, and then I'll go and revolutionize this whole thing and actually have you guys at the top. Because what you are doing is not, it's not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't 
it ain't working at all. It's not. It's not working at all. Um, it's just just to highlight because we we've been talking, we've been going for a minute. Um, the the gun control town hall. Did you have a chance to check that out? I didn't see it. Okay, I was actually in the city. Uh, so you know what? I'm not going to incriminate myself again. I'm always wanting to. One thing I love when we do brunch culture, whenever we don't do brunch culture, this new time change and recording schedule has kind of thrown me off because I'm used to, like, going through the whole week and getting stuff out. So, like, I have so much stuff that I want to get off my chest. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm always, like, about to incriminate myself, but I'm not going to incriminate myself because I was about to tell y'all something I've been doing for the past, like, two weeks, which is not something I should have been doing. But, you know, you just kind of got to, like... When life gives you lemons, you have to make applesauce. And that's what I've been doing. Um, what? But now, <laughs> now. When life gives you lemonade? No, you got to make applesauce. Oh, okay. You know, you're, sometimes you're not dealt the right cards. And even if you forgot to, like, do something or pay for something, you just, just got to, like, do what you got to do. And so that's what I've been doing. But now I'm in the clear. Um, and, yeah, I actually was in the city. I had metroed into the city. And I was sitting at, uh, I went to Good Stuff Eatery. I ate the burgers so good. I think I told you this. I shouldn't have had the burgers, but I had it. It was so great. But I was sitting there, and I was actually watching it on my phone. And it was it was, it was pretty interesting. I um, the, the president did it out in Fairfax, Virginia, uh, which is very, very conservative, very, very wealthy area. Um, he did it at George Mason University. And so he the, the questions that people had, the pushback and the concern that a lot of people had, uh, they tried to get him to answer the questions. There were some questions that, you know, just it wasn't it, it was obvious that he wasn't going to answer the question in a way that was one that he wanted. He definitely had to consider like all parts and make sure that, hey, I'm I'm giving you a presidential answer as opposed to like really arguing with you of how the concern that you have comes from like propaganda and not something that actually should be a concern um but it was still it was still good it it really was it it was still good and i feel like we talked about we mentioned this earlier but anderson cooper does a good job in being a moderator of trying to be fair and i always kind of look to him and what he's doing and trying to say like you know although i have a certain opinion and a certain viewpoint let me be very very kind of balanced and, and and fair with how I'm asking you questions. And if I'm going to push back, I'm going to push back on, you know, your more, con- your more liberal ideas as well as your more conservative ideas to kind of give the voice of the audience there. So I think it was, yeah, in that, that regard, I think it was good. I think there were some, some, some questions and some responses that was kind of like, I don't know why they asked you this. And I don't know why you attempted to respond to that, but I guess, you know, that's the reason that the president was there and it was good. And, and kudos to the president for actually saying, he said something um, that he was like, you know what? One, the one thing I can tell you is that this may not, this is more than likely not going to solve all of our issues. It's not, it's not going to do that. There's no piece of leg- legislation or policy that can actually fix everything. But what I can no longer sit back and do is do nothing and say that, well, we need to do something. Absolutely, we need to do something, and I'm going to start that something. And it may not change with me. It may not change with the next president or the president after. But at some point in time, this move that I'm making is going to be the the starting point for some real change. And kudos to the president for that. Well, I definitely want to check that out. I'll have to go. I'm sure it's on YouTube. And I'll um, check it out this week along with the rest of the world. But we got to take a break because we have to come back and talk about, and I know that 
I don't even. I was about to sing the Rihanna song, but I don't remember the words. How, how he, knows he knows some fateful and faithful and it kills me inside. You're supposed to keep going. Oh, you know that I am happy <laughs> with some other guy. I could see him crying. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> you forever late. A million home sellers couldn't find a real estate. Slight work. Slight work. The wrong drink. The right work. Slight work. Right work. The wrong drink. The right work. 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 All right. Now it's time for our main dish. Our main dish. Uh, uh, uh. Whatever you playing dish. with. It's the main dish. It's the main dish. We bought the dish on the main dish. On the main dish. It's wow, main we should dish. record this. We got a whole production. We really are going to start an album. I think at first I was kind of, you know, I was a little leery of us putting out our musical talents, but now that you, you've if done that, it so If much. those girls could get a video, a viral video saying on that Jesus song, uh, to, uh, I woke up in the kitchen. I can't even think of the lyrics, but I'm still going to pray Don't think because <laughs> oh, we, we prayed all night. I didn't see the whole thing, but I just saw multiple clips, like three different clips on Instagram, and it is. It was so confusing. I think she should have took the tongue ring out, though. Thinking you sending two different don't messages. Judge, don't judge these people. Don't judge people. <laughs> I'm not judging her. I just said I felt like it was a distraction to the message. <laughs> she could have put it back in after she got done, but it was it was kind of like it was it was funny though. It, the word said is it real? Is it for the, real? These people said, look. The church tells people to come as they are, and that's what she did. She thought it was no. I'm not judging her. I did. Yeah. Oh, she came as she was. She yeah. tongue well, I mean... and all. She can use that to praise too. I guess. This is was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out was it real or was it fake? Because it did look like a Mad TV episode. I actually think they were serious. I think it's just... Well, I'm not going to say nothing. You know, I feel like people, you know, as they're going to make journey with the Lord, you know, I want them to have, if that's authentically what God has placed on their heart to do, I don't want to laugh at it. Like, I try not to laugh at the man who said he got delivered. Because I was like, you know, I don't know his life. Um, But, um, Randall, what, what, it's not like you went away. Yeah, I just... <laughs> You know, I I don't know That's what people journey with it with God other. is. You know, I'm trying to work out my you know relationship with him. So you know, if that's if if God told them to write that song, God didn't tell them that. Don't uh, no. woke up. It probably the... was a God, but it wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just that was... well. Anyways, we're gonna get to our main dish and leave these ladies alone. Um, if y'all haven't seen it, uh, maybe we'll post it on our social media so y'all can. I don't know if we want to promote that though, so I don't know. So we'll see. Send us a message and we'll just tag you in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good representation. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, yeah. But um, we want to talk today about uh being unfaithful. What does it mean to be unfaithful? So this conversation has come up in talking and 
dating and saying like, you know, let's let's get to know you and let's this this idea of like what it means to be committed to somebody. I feel like today it's a little weird. It gets a little interesting. Um, and I only say that because in so many ways, I've always thought that I had like this very traditional view of relationships and dating and what it means when you're in a relationship with somebody. And honestly, after being single for a while and being able to do what you want when you want, I realized that I'm not the same person that I once was. I'm not the, I don't have the same thoughts that I once had about things. And I think it's, I can accredit and attribute to a number of things, but I will say that, you know, as a young professional, when you, a young professional male that's successful and you come from a certain environment and, and, and you have certain access to things, you kind of really kind of experience this freedom and really enjoy a certain uh, like a freedom in a certain way right and so Mm -hmm. for me I don't really I once a once upon a time thought that like when you're in a relationship you shouldn't be talking to anyone else uh especially someone that you know may be possibly interested in you you need to cut ties with those people there shouldn't be like hey we're going to hang out we're going to do this um because it's like you have a relationship to tend to but I realize now that it's not really, I kind of think that that's not a way that anybody should live and not a way that I want to live. Like, I don't want to be a prisoner in a relationship. Like, we're together, so we share, yeah, there's certain things that I'm not going to do, you know, out of respect for you in a relationship and because I should be saving those things for you. But I kind of think, like, I should be able to talk to who I want to. Um, if somebody calls me and say, Hey, let's go grab a drink. I should be able to go grab a drink. I should not have to report to you. Or if I know that, you know, there might be a little bit more to their motive that I should completely end this relationship. I just kind of feel like, dang, as I said, I feel like I'm, I'm sounding like a horrible person, (laughs) like the Southern gentleman that I am. But the reality is I just kind of feel like, you know, that's we're in a social world. I should be able to socialize with people. Right. And then another thing that I feel like is really weird that I haven't had to deal with. Thank God. But I feel like this whole idea of, well, you can't like too many pictures on social media. Um, I know someone whose girlfriend got upset because. They like too many uh they like like eight pictures back to back of some girl's picture and she was like that's like disrespectful to me. And stuff like that I just kind of feel like what? <laughs> like that doesn't even what's really happening here? Like what 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 are we doing? And I I I guess I feel like I guess it's time now to really I guess redefine what faithfulness means in a digital more exposed world because I just think it's really weird. Like if you know that a girl likes you and she invites you to some event, personally, I don't think that you should have to not go to that event, especially when it's very clear that, hey, I'm in a relationship or I'm exclusive with someone, but you want to do this and I don't mind going. And it's not a date type situation. It's kind of like, hey, I'm going to be here. It's going to be a bunch of people here. It's probably going to be like, a group of folk 
you know, this is the day and age of networking and connecting, connect, connecting and making connections. And maybe because like I'm still fairly new to the area I'm in, I just kind of feel like that shouldn't be something that I have to like not do because I'm in a relationship. I feel like that's way. Yeah, I feel like in the, I just feel like it's situation based. I feel like cheating. I mean, being unfaithful, cheating, whatever you want to call it. In some cases, it's relative. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's very relative. Now, obviously, there's some things that I would think would be universal cheating. Uh, sexual intercourse. Uh, kissing. You know, those things, um, I, I think those are universally accepted as cheating in most cases. and, mm-hmm. and Unless you have a very open relationship, but that's a whole different dynamic. Um, (laughs) that's a whole different thing but people have those now Um, yeah and if it works for you it's good but when I tell you I I, my temper I don't have the right temperament for an open relationship it ain't Um, but I think it just depends on the person for me in dating I'm not this is the thing I think if, if we have a public relationship and what I mean by public is that you know people know we're together if it's public and we know together, I'm not going to, I, at this stage in my life, I'm not going to be with someone I don't trust. You feel what I'm saying? Like, or, I mean, trust is earned, but I don't, if I feel like, okay, you're a trustworthy person, you're a person of character, um, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't feel like I have to micromanage you. You feel right. what I'm saying? I don't have to see what you're doing at every at every turn. Now, if you give me a reason, if if I if I'm given at this stage in my life, if I'm given a reason not to trust you, then the relationship probably is already in trouble and we need to revisit whether we need to be together. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, but if I trust you and you have, you know, friends that are of the opposite sex, I'm cool with that. I mean, there needs to be a certain time of night that you're not, you're not, we're not, you're not going to talk to them. You know, 10 o'clock at night, I feel like is kind of like boo time. See, it depends. It depends on the person. It depends. I'm saying it's relative, but for me, I feel like "Mm, I kind of want that to be, cause I try to, if I have, and my thing is I have a lot of male friends. So I have a lot of platonic male friends. I mean, most, (laughs) all of my male friends are platonic, but so I'm not, and we have like legit platonic conversations where I don't want them. They don't want me. We're friends. So I understand that dynamic. So I'm not going to be tripping over that. Um, but for some people that's an issue and that's, that's, that's their, you know, own personal preference. And I feel like you have to respect the person you're in a relationship enough to, if that's, that's something that they don't like, then if you want that person, you have to make the adjustment for that person. Um, but for me, I don't mind it. You know, um, I would like to not find out secondhand information from the other person about you, you know, like, Oh yeah. You had a big life changing event and you told (laughs) the other person, but still that's, still relative I think based on the stages of relationship I think there are stages of relationship that have to progress where you get that kind of closeness Um, and you get that and I think it should progress naturally I don't think if I think if you force it you'll be doing yourself in the relationship a disservice Um, 
and and kind of making something um that's artificial and that's not authentic um i think that people reveal things based on the level of trust so if somebody has a lengthy relationship they're going to reveal it to you based on the level of trust and i think if i've just been dating you a couple months you can't expect to get everything you know what i'm saying Right. In that time that somebody that's built a long-term relationship. And I just think that's realistic um, because, you know, we're growing together and that levels of trust, trust has to be earned and trust is based on level of knowledge of the person. I'm not going to spill my guts to somebody I just met because I don't know if they're trustworthy or they can handle that information about me. So I think understanding that level of relationship. Um, so unfaithful to me, would be an emotional attachment. If if we're in a long-term relationship and you feel like you can't emotionally confide in me about something, to me, that would, I would say, that's, I think that that's a level of cheating, but I also think maybe we don't need to be in a relationship if you can't trust me with your emotions. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like if yeah, we no. can't share intimate things about ourselves with you, or if I feel like I have to hold back this part of myself, then I have to ask myself, where's this relationship really going? Absolutely. Cause Thanks. then, then is this, is this something long-term? If I have to, I can only confide in my homeboy, but I can't confide in my man. Then that means that there's an aspect of myself that my man can't help me with. And that's to me means that maybe you're not the man for me. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can see that. I think, you know, maybe some, but some, some people really are good at certain things, and that's just kind of there's certain things that you're just not going to be good at. Like I, I, that's why I always say I think, you know, when you're in a relationship, you guys should maintain your own set of friends. I don't think that the friends that you share should become integrated. I think, you know, that comes from a lesson that I learned in ending a relationship and having a relationship end. And I felt like I lost all of my friends, right? I felt like the friends that I had, the people that I knew kind of took the other side and nobody was thinking about me. Like nobody was saying like, oh, yo, Randall is still a person. Let's call him or in the midst of all this, let's see how Randall is doing. It seemed like just kind of everybody just like shifted and I kind of got the short end of the stick. So I do believe that you should still have your own set of friends. And I believe that within those friendships, be it, you know, same sex or opposite sex friendships, like I feel like you might be able to offer me something that like I'm in the relationship. It can't give me just because you guys are two different people. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean like I love her any less. It just means that you or she like, offers me anything less it's just kind of like the certain type of person you may be a certain type of friend that we're friends because of our shared experiences in one area you've shared with you know we've kind of had the same upbringing uh, is the first thing that comes to my mind or maybe i don't know we are both in we both are chasing this this dream of being in media together um and so it's like you're a person that if something is going on in media and i'm trying to understand or i i, I failed at something I'm nine times out of 10, I'm going to want to talk to you more about it because you're going to give me a certain type of perspective. Whereas I can be in this relationship and let's say she's an attorney. She don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she's an attorney, like no idea, can't give me any type of perspective. Um, so I think that from, from that aspect in that regard, 
that's just a little, you know, I don't know. It's weird. We we had this conversation before. We, we talked kind of about this previously, like way back in the way back when we were talking about, you know, calling um, like your best friend, your best friend of the opposite sex before you told the person that you're in a relationship with. And I will say that my, my, my views and my thoughts have changed in the sense that I do believe there are certain things that you should consider, you know, I want to take this home first. And when I say home, I don't mean like you're staying together. But I mean like the home team, like we're, we're in a relationship. This is the home team. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, you're, you're my, you're my right hand. We holding hands and going through life together. So like I should be, t- I should take home certain things to you. Like if I get fired from my job, I, maybe I should, and we live together. Maybe I should probably tell you first. <laughs> you know, this impact. Yeah, that, would impact somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be the the smart thing to do. But I think I'm, I'm open in the sense that I honestly think that, you know, I'm secure enough in, in who I am and what I bring to the table that, I'm okay with you having male friends. I'm okay with you being like, hey, I'm going to hang out with such and such. Um, and I'm not, especially when those friendships, well, may, probably maybe only if those friendships have been established before I got here, right? Because I feel like we're grown and I'm not, I, I don't deal, I deal with a certain type of person on uh, on a relational level. So if you're a person and I meet you and you got a lot of, drama that's going on in your life it's a lot of problems you don't like a lot of people a lot of people annoy you you have a lot of like run-ins in in your social circles or at work or stuff we're probably never gonna work because i'm not this type of person i don't i don't have those type of problems i don't solicit those type of problems i always say that i'm a solutions-based person so i feel like if you're having that type of problem you should be trying to uh, find a solution, manufacture a solution, pray for a solution. And if you've been doing it and you still ain't got a solution, me being a part of your life, I'm not a solution. So I'm going to keep it moving. That's not going to work. So because I already feel like there is like a, a filtering out, weeding out process before that even happens, I kind of feel like, yeah, we shouldn't be, I shouldn't be worried about like, oh, you know, this is your friend. Now, if you like, oh, I'm going to spend the night with my friend. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, hey, such and such just asked me if I want to go grab, go to happy hour, grab a drink after work. OK, fine. Or it's Saturday. There is a festival that's going on in the city. I want to go. Such and such is going as well. We're more than likely going to see some people there. You're welcome to come if you want. No, nah, I'm good. Y'all have a good time. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think there's. I don't know. I think in in the time, and I'm always just like, things have really changed so much. Women don't really play these traditional women role. You have women that are power players in so many fields. So it's like, if you want to progress in that field, you might have to befriend a woman in that field because women are really dominating that field. Um, if you want to, you know, know think more things about women's issues or I don't know. It's just like so many different, it's just so different. Like gender roles aren't really as defined as it was. So I just think back in the day, it made sense that men only had male friends and women only had w- women friends. Number one, cause it was kind of like, well, if you were going out with another woman, what type of, what she was, what was she going to, you're probably going to have to pay for her to go somewhere. You probably were going to have to, you know, be the one that picked her up and took her somewhere because just things were just so different back then. She probably couldn't just go to a festival or a bar by herself or to like 
some museum event, some high profile event by herself. So if she's got, like women are going to be there, there's going to be single women there that literally are just comfortable with being single or women that are in relationships. I'll never forget when I first came here. I remember when I first came to D.C. and I first came to visit, um, I came and I was with a friend of mine and we on a train just met these girls. I thought one of the girls, I was like, oh, shoot, like she's so fine, yada, yada, yada. And she started talking to us, and then she was like, oh, y'all should come to this party. Um, end up going to the party, and there were, she introduced me to her boyfriend, <laughs> which was so weird. Um, and it, because we weren't talking, like, it really was like, uh, it started because she said, you know, you, you have, you sound country, you got a southern twang to your voice. You sound real Southern where you're from in the South, yada, yada, yada. So we started talking, just talking back and forth. Um, and she was like, oh, y'all should come out to this event. Came out to the event. And literally, we're at the event. And she was like, oh, this is my boyfriend, such and such and such. Meet Randall. Like, I just met Randall on the train today. And I invited him. And our boyfriend was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, man. Like, um, you got something to drink? Come on, let's do this. And it was just, like, real... It was real cool. And I guess for me, that was just kind of, like, my basis and my introduction to how things work in more you know, open, changing society type cities, if you will. And so I was just like, I guess now for me, it's just like, yeah, it's not really that weird. And I know it's- what you're saying in relationship to that, because speaking from my for my point of view and the issue I'm having now that I'm navigating is I'm in a male dominated field. Ministry yeah. is a male dominated field. Most, most pastors and ministry leaders are men. And I'm an up and coming person and I'm a woman, you know what I'm saying? So when, when I date people, they're going to have to be secure enough in themselves to watch me navigate and have conversations with men. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't date an insecure man. That's like, Oh man, you, I saw you talking to him. Well, I have a organization and I have to partner with them and have conversation. Now, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be like we're hanging out and kiki key, key, key it. It's business. But if you have somebody who can't handle you around the opposite sex, it's going to be problematic as you're as you're doing what you feel like you're called to do. Exactly. Because... And it's going to and I, I can't cut off every connection you're scared of because that's that's going to hinder me. And me doing what I need to do as far as what I feel like God has called me to do in my purpose. And so when I, if, if I'm dating a guy um, and he's like, oh, I just, I can't have you around dudes. It's just, it's going to be very, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be weird. Because either my career is going to suffer or our relationship is. And I'm just going to be like, hey, you know, if that's. If you're insecure in that area and you can't, like, if you don't trust me enough to shut things down, if things get out of the way, then we're not going to be able to operate. Like, that's just not going to be realistic for the career path that I've chosen for my life. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's, if if you're dating someone with those type of insecurities and you're in a job, like, you know, if that's, we all have insecurities. So my insecurities might be different than another person, but you have to know if your insecure, if the person you're dating insecurities can match your career path, exactly. because if, if they're insecure about you, your interactions with the opposite sex, then your career is going to suffer in regards to it. Now, if your career is where you, you don't have to have any dealings or meetings or anything like that, then you're going to be good. 
if but that's... I don't even think careers like that exist anymore, yo. Or unless well, you're like, sure. I don't know, unless you're teaching at an all boys school with all boys staff. Like that's just, <laughs> it's just, it just is so not real. And so I feel like when we start talking about what it means to be faithful in a sense, I feel like there's certain things that are non-negotiables. Sleeping with somebody is a non-negotiable. Kissing on somebody is a non-negotiable. Spending the night at somebody's house and sleeping in the bed with them is a non-negotiable. I feel like there's certain things that are just blatantly disrespectful. Unless, you know, you guys have set up some sort of, like, agreement where we have, like, this open thing or whatever it is that y'all do. That's fine. I mean, you know, it ain't for me. You just have to set the rules at the beginning and be honest. always says, you know... It, 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 it ain't my cup of tea, but if you drink it, have at it. Like, it, this is not, yeah, it's, it, it's cool. But I feel like there's certain things that are not negotiables, but there are other things in terms of like communicating with people or liking something on someone's social media. I feel like those types of things are kind of, you kind of just got to understand. I mean, if they put a heart under the picture, now that's different. I mean, and it depends on what the picture is of what. Because I, I mean, you can like something in admiration. Like I like, you know, it's a nice guy dressed in a suit. I I like that. I like men that dress up. That doesn't mean I want to slide in his DM. It just means I think the picture was nice. Right, and I think that that's that's what I'm saying. Like you can, people post a picture. People, somebody posts a selfie. You like a selfie. And, and I guess for me, maybe I need to change this because for me, social media in general isn't really not that big of a deal. Like, I don't even, I, I'm i still one of the people, and maybe I'm old school. Well, people cheat on social media all the time. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. Maybe I'm just ignorant to that, and that's something that I'll have to experience because I'm just always like, but it's not real, yo. Like, it's. No, but people really use it. Real, real. Like, I still get caught off guard if I like follow you on social media we're friends on social media or i like see your picture and (laughs) i see you in person i'm one of those people that it's a little awkward because i'm like do i know you like i don't know you but like i feel like i kind of know you because like you pop up on my on my news feed all the time and i saw that you went to dubai two weeks ago so i kind of want to ask you how was your dubai trip but i really don't know you so i don't even know i'm one of those people where how does this interaction even supposed to work like how does this even happen like do i shake your hand and be like what's up or do i be like hey nice to meet you i'm at rk trailblazer like what is what does that whole thing even mean so i guess maybe i'm not the best person in terms of defining what it is maybe i need some help but i just think that it's not even that big of a deal so like if you liking somebody's pictures i don't really care like but i think i think if you i think the thing comes if you've and I think one thing we have to consider is when people come into the relationship and they've been cheated on in the past, that brings a certain level of awareness and and extra hypersensitivity to the issue. Now, I know people that use social media all the time to cheat. I know people who's like I've 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 seen married people slide into some of my friends DMs um and I was like um I asked one of my friends I was like dude the this is ridiculous like one of my homegirls said one of her homegirls got this dude sliding into her DM and he got his him and his wife picture all over his Facebook talking about him and his wife 
the, you know, they look like the all American couple. And then he's sliding in the DMs while he posting his wife. Um, so people do it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I think that you really, you have to trust the person. And if a person, I always tell people, if somebody's going to cheat, they're going to cheat regardless. Exactly. Like if a person's going to cheat, they are going to cheat. No matter how many restrictions you put on them, no matter what you do, they are going to cheat. If somebody wants to cheat, they're going to cheat. Now there is, I think a level of awareness and cautiousness that can be in accidental cheating, which I call it. And you say it's no act. You don't never, you never accidentally cheat. Yeah. And I don't know about accidental cheating. You know, but, I, feel like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I think it's purposeful, but I think that you have to be cautious of being too emotionally connected to somebody when you and the person you're with are having issues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like building that emotional connection. If you're going through something with the person you're with, it's best to confide into some somebody that is maybe the same sex or somebody that you would deem safe. If you want a woman's perspective, like an actual sister. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like a blood. Just so you won't like emotionally get attached to the person or something happens and it just kind of goes downhill and you're like, oh man, I really wanted my relationship. I was just confiding in this person and that that has happened to many people. So I think that's something you have to guard yourself with. But it's like casual conversations where I'm meeting this person for lunch. We're talking about work. We do, we don't get too deep into people's, each other's lives. We're good. And that's good. Or if you've had friends that you've had since you were kids, like I've had friends from middle school that I don't anticipate them going anywhere. You know, even when I get married, that's my friend. You know what I'm saying? They were here before you. And if you happen to transpire after you, yeah, they've, they've, they've helped, they've helped the test of time. You have to get over it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And if it's if they're respectful, I think you just I think people can if they're like disrespectful to the relationship, that's another thing. That's a that's, but if, yeah, that's if they're being thing. respectful to the relationship and you just get mad for no reason, that's a that's something you just have to I think check yourself on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean it depends on the person in the relationship because a person in the relationship might just give over to the relationship and that's completely I mean, that's their choice. I might not do it like that, but if that's the way they want to operate, I mean, you have to do what's, I don't think there's a a one set rule for it all. I think it depends on the couple and how they've talked about it and what they want to do and what they deem as unfaithful. And if y'all agree on the terms at the beginning and then you, you going to like, well, I don't think that's unfaithful. You shouldn't agree to it in the beginning because you knew where you was getting. So just talk about it. Communication is the key. Like what may work for, um, I think I, I remember hearing this old couple said this a long time ago, um, it was this older couple. They were doing an interview and it was like, people were like, what's the key to be, to being successful, to being married and staying married. And it was like communication. It was like, you know, people keep thinking it's like some grandiose secret and all that. It really is about communicating. If you just talk about what you want, what you, what you both want, what you both like, what you don't like, what you, and those things also over time start to change. So if you start to feel yourself changing, you have to 
you know, let this other person know, hey, this seems a little weird for me, something I kind of want to do this. Um, and, you know, a lot of stuff blew up for me when I found out. I, I remember I told you I went to that Black History Month thing and um, last year, and it was uh, Ruby D. Um, and Isaac Davis, and they had for a period of time in their marriage an open marriage. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, and apparently, that. yeah, apparently it was like a big thing, like, back in the day, like a lot of these power couples that have been together for forever had that. And it wasn't a, in all fairness to them, it wasn't something that they said lasted for an extensive amount of time. Um, but they were both extremely young and they were in Hollywood and really popular and really successful and had access to all of these different people. And they said that that was something that they allowed and were open to do. But one of the things that I took from it, not that, you know, you should have an open relationship because I feel like that's just, that's just asking for problems for me. But I think that one of the things that I took away from it was honestly, though, they talked about it and they said it worked for both of them. Like they had a conversation about, Hey, I'm, I want to do some stuff and you and another person's like, Oh, I want to do some stuff too. And it's like, you know, it didn't work. It wouldn't work for me. It's not the definition of a relationship for me. I couldn't do it. But I think that the whole idea of us communicating about what we want and where we are, we're going to define what it means to be faithful to each other with each other and for each other. And we can hold each other accountable to this definition that works for us because, you know, I was just like, I remember I said I was with my homeboy and he was just like, yeah, the way Ruby D looked, I don't know if I would ever agree to no open marriage. Like, that just wouldn't. Yeah, I can't do that either. Yeah, I, would. That wouldn't work for me. <laughs> but I think it, that leads us to another thing. Like, we, we, we're living in a society on social media where we tick, we're quick to hashtag relationship goals for any celebrity couple we see. And we don't know the intricate details of their relationship. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the picture, you need to start saying that the picture is your goal. The pose is your goal. The outfit is your goal. <laughs> uh, the color scheme is your goal. Because you don't but know what's going on in, in these people's like, relationship and yeah. what they're doing. Like, I see so many people, oh, I want to be that couple. You don't know the ins and outs of people's lives. They could be lodging for the gram. That could not be them at all. They could have took that picture and start fighting after they they uh they walked off. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what people's intricate details of relationships are. So you never want to compare your relationship or try to I mean, there are good, solid relationships that we should like try to pattern our lives after. But at least know the people. <laughs> don't try to pattern don't your life after don't hear that album and be like Oh shoot, Jay Z got Beyonce on three songs, so they really in love. Like you don't know what Jay Z and Beyonce doing behind the closed doors. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you can't. That can't be your relationship goal because you don't know what goes in on in their house. And I think that's something that we ought to understand. Each relationship is different, and so what works for Randall might not work for Lisa. You know what I'm saying? My relationship might be different than Randall's relationship. And so when I say, well, this is the rules that me and my my boyfriend operate by. And then, and then Randall's like, well, these are the rules me and my girlfriend operate by. And I'm like, oh, well that, we don't do that. That's cheating. We don't do that. Oh, y'all cheating. Well, well, are we, or are we not? (laughs) 
So, yeah. you know, I mean, like, oh, your boyfriend didn't call you in the morning? Oh, mine called me in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I've seen relationships break up over petty stuff because somebody, homegirl, boyfriend, sent her a good morning text and her friend. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like, petty stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh, he ain't post you. Or he need to post you. You know, it's just, like, let your relationship be your relationship because some people who post a lot, they lives ain't like that at all. And some people who don't post a lot is the people you need to mimic because they really have a solid relationship and have a, a solid real, foundation yeah, and are so caught up fun. in the moment of each other and spending time that they don't have time to take pictures. And then <laughs> another person could just be snapping pictures and they have to no really... They they don't have really no intimate connection with the other person. So you can't, you can't try to be what you see because you don't really know these people. And so like Randall said, communicate and figure out what is non-negotiables and operate by those. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, I think we, we kind of, we went in on this one, which is a good thing though, because honestly, this really is a, it's a thing like it's for a lot of people it is it's out there and like people i think people are trying to once upon a time everybody's trying to live in this in these defined lines and now it's kind of like well you know lines are less defined but then you have so many people that don't really just know what's going on and people that's popping off and going crazy over any old thing and it's just like yo you define what makes you uh, what what defines faithfulness to you um we just share what defines us and like you know move forward and be happy i'm all for everybody winning and everybody being happy and if you know an instagram relationship is the type of relationship that you want then you know do it for the gram let's uh let's make it happen but yo hit us up on chat bc and let us know what y'all think we are going to be right back with our toast or roast my fault. Okay, I get it. You ain't pick up your calls. I'm like, forget it. See you put up your wall. You know you did it. The rise and the fall. Just admit it. You say it's my fault. Okay, I get it. You ain't answer your calls. I'm like, forget it. It's the rise and the fall. It's the rise and the fall. Hey, yeah, we could have it all. All right, y'all. So we are back with our toast or roast segment. And I just, I want to toast the, uh, one particular person from the new Netflix series, um, Making a Murderer. It's kind of exploded. I think to me over the last two weeks, I've heard so many people talk about it. So many people ask me if I've seen it and I finally decided to watch it. If you have a heart and you care about people and you get really, really passionate about people, you probably shouldn't watch it. Uh, because the movie will have the, the it's a doc it's a series but it's like documentary style so it's a docu series but it, it the, the the story in itself is really really heart wrenching um in the ways in which uh the system mishandles whether you believe it or not you can't deny that in some ways you know the the case that they go through and the situations that this that people are going through here have been mishandled in a number of ways and so if you're a person that just has a heart for people i say be careful you know brace yourself don't watch it at nighttime i haven't been able to sleep for the last two nights for this very reason because of this dang on docu series that has really gotten to me but i want to give a toast to Laura H Nerider i think it is 
she is someone that appears in the show um in, in the series at the very tail end um i actually think i didn't see her until the last episode the last episode of yeah um and she's a i believe she's an attorney now but she was a, assisting in and looking over the case and looking at you know different aspects and explaining it and i just i just want to toast to 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 uh Laura because she was one of the first people i want to say she was the first people but she was a person that articulated one of the biggest issues in this entire series and that was the level of understanding and competence of the people that were on trial and, and, and how important it is to understand when someone, you know, lacks the, the knowledge or the intellect to really fend for themselves and to really articulate their position. And also when a person may not have been diagnosed or it may not be on the books or they may not be take, taking medication for, um, some form of a handicap, but that is actually really and truly they should be and actually something that you need to consider. And I just feel like she really looked at the humanity of people that everybody had been vilifying and making the horrible and the bad person. And she really looked at those people and say, hey, look, there's another problem, or at least in the docuseries, she's the person that articulated that, that, hey, there's another level and another layer in a docuseries, and, I mean, that we need to look at and Nobody's mentioning it, but I'm going to be the one to say, hey, check this. We need to some consideration should have been given for the mental capacity of these people when they are given these statements or the the mental capacity of these people when they were placed in these situations. Because, you know, when you're a highly intelligent, highly trained, highly experienced person, you can get someone that's less all of those things to do whatever you want to. So shout out to Laura. You are dope. I saw a bunch of people. I did a search for it and I saw a bunch of people are saying that, you know, she is um, the it person and such a great person. And a lot of people are crushing on her. But she literally was the savior that I was when I saw it. Literally, I was like, yes, who is this woman? Who is she? She's amazing. So shout out to you. <laughs> well, that's what's up. I want to keeping up with the Netflix Um the Netflix and toast and roast toast or roast. I always say that wrong. Um, I want to roast high profits. Now don't get me wrong. High profits comes with Netflix. It's a, it's a, um, docu series. It's about, um, the legalization of marijuana, uh, recreational marijuana in Colorado. And mm-hmm. it was actually a good, I actually, Paul Brunson, I watched it because Paul Brunson recommended that anybody who has a startup or small business watch it. Um, but because of the the problems that this small business had to go through, um, it was a good, as far as like a case study, good mm-hmm. case study to watch, just a opening of a small business. But what they were selling, recreational marijuana, it frustrated me so because so many black and brown men I can guarantee you are locked up in Colorado state prisons because they were selling recreational marijuana. And now these uh, people, they were, they were Caucasian Americans are selling this, making buku money and it's illegal. The police is actually outside making sure the people stay calm as they're in line. And I'm just like, 
Dude, that's not fair. Like, yeah, yeah. We, when it when the tax when we're getting tax dollars on it, even this us being tough on crime, you know, to, uh, that President Clinton actually, you know, made it where these people got, you know, these standardized um, times. I'm not, I'm not even saying it right, but you know what I'm saying. These yeah, hard yeah. sentences, these um, uh, mandatory minimums. Yeah, mandatory yeah. minimums, and now people are profiting and the police is helping them do it by making sure the line is contained. Like, and our people are in prison for this very same thing. And even if we let everybody out in Colorado or Washington, DC, because isn't it, it's legal there, right? Recreational marijuana is legal Mm -hmm. in DC, right? I don't think recreational is. I know med- medical is. I don't think rec- recreational is yet. Okay. But I mean, it might as well be because everybody does. Whatever. <laughs> Colorado. Well, in Colorado, recreational is legal. So even if we let everybody out, just the families that have, that have been destroyed, their the their mind and the way they think and the fact that their life has been on pause for doing something that is now legal. Like, right. it's not fair. And I don't think... That, you know, it's just like, man, it's so sad because now that we're making money, it's okay. It's like now tax dollars, taxes on it, I think were like almost 20% for recreational marijuana yeah, sales tax. And I'm like, so now that they take this fat check to sales tax and the, the state and city are profiting, it's okay. But meanwhile, our black and brown uh, men are in prison for this very same thing, lives have been destroyed, uh, families have been broken up, and but it's okay for you now, and that's not fair. And I just, it frustrated me. So it was a good like case study for a business, but just thinking about like how many people are incarcerated for this, it just it it ticked me off. Yeah, makes yeah, you know how I feel about those types of things. It. It gets under my skin. It boils my blood. Um, but we're going to get out of here. We're going to get a good vibe for you guys. I've just realized that the good vibe that I had, Lisa, is actually not a good vibe. It's just like a really dope quote. So I am going to leave you guys with a good vibe from, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but from the incredible Lisa V. Just do it, yo. <laughs> it's really <laughs> simple, yo. That's Nike. Just do it. Like, I guess it's Nike, but I, I think, I guess, Lisa, I've seen you do it, right? I've seen you actually just go and do it and really put, you know, your your faith and your belief and your confidence in it and in, in, in yourself and, you know, in things that could have crumbled and could have failed and could have been bad, but I've seen you do that. And that really inspires me. So we are going to say to you guys this week, just get out there and do it. And don't actually just make it a statement. Don't make it a slogan. Don't put it on a t-shirt, actually put the work into it. So if there's something that you are saying that you want to do, that you want to accomplish this year or some goal that you want to reach, I don't know, from 10 years, from now really start doing it today really start pursuing it today and do like actually do it if it's something that you want to create if you want to sing or write a song or i don't know write a book actually write the first draft of the first paragraph today 
and make that the thing that you actually just get out and done. Because honestly, you'll never be those things. You'll never do those things until you actually do it. We would have never become podcasters if we never actually created a podcast. And as I mentioned to Lisa earlier, if it were up to me and the ways in which life has uh, impacted me, I would still be in the planning stages here two years later, probably just because I'm really, really trying to do it. And I really, really wanted to be perfect. And I get coupled with somebody that says, okay, we want to do it. This is what we're going to do. All right, let's make it happen. And we just make it happen. So just do it. Just do it. Do the work. Let's do the work. And as always, guys, we appreciate you guys checking us out here at Brunch Culture. Thank you for being so much for being a part of this journey. Thank you guys for interacting with us and just being here, yo. It's really so dope to know that we have a platform. We have, you know, something that we've created that is just doing some awesome and some incredible things. And you guys are still here rocking with us. So we appreciate those. Make sure you hit us up on our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. Also hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. You can follow Lisa Fields at, what's your Twitter handle? Lisa V Fields. All right. And you can check me out at RK Trailblazer. That is on Instagram and Twitter. And follow us on Facebook as well at brunchculture.com. I'm sorry, at facebook.com backslash brunchculture. Remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.